I'm Kirsten Williams, your host. In today's episode, we will learn about the importance of sustainable building methods. This will include conversations with local startups here in North Carolina. And this episode features our student intern, Brenda Palacios, who will share more about the sustainable impact these companies are creating now and for the future. Brenda, take it away. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Today, we will be speaking to Carrie Green, Living Rooms, and Epic Green Barrels to learn more about their unique products and services that are currently helping enhance various communal spaces in environmentally conscious ways. Sustainable building practices has a lot to offer to diverse communities. Our need for healthy, public, and private workspaces is more important today than ever before. Investing in clean building practices is one of the many special ways to enhance both human and environmental health while contributing to a clean economy. So let's start off by listening to Jessica McNaughton, president of Carrie Green, share how her company and services are currently influencing the world. is a building materials distributor that focuses on healthy building materials. So um, products that are healthier for not just you, the building occupants, but healthier for the environment. So all of our materials, we've curated them over about a decade now, really looking out and trying to find the best material that has the best story. So most of our products are interior finishes. So it'll be like countertops that are made out of recycled glass or recycled paper. Um, so really durable, but a really good environmental story. And then healthy too. So they're not going to cause you harm, have chemicals in them, um, be dangerous to the people that work with them or cut them. So there's a lot of attention now being given to materials and not just what they're like when they're installed, but also where they came from. And we're really good at making sure that we can tell that story and inform the consumer um, or the architect and designer who really wants to make better choices. And that is really one of our fundamental taglines is create better. And we challenge the whole building materials industry to take the building standard and create something better, better for the people that are gonna be transacting on it, eating on it, um, preparing food on it, walking on it, or just you know touching it. Um, but all those interior surfaces are so important to us because we interact with them in so many different ways. And Caragreen has just really worked to curate this collection of healthier surfacing materials so that you can be, you know, show that you're safe, that your office is safe, your employees are safe, and that your family's safe. Um, so it, that's never been more important than now. Um, we've been doing this for 10 years, but given what's happened recently with the COVID pandemic, there's a lot more attention to cleanability, human health, um, you know, and, and occupant health, things like that. So our schools, our hospitals, our office spaces, they're all changing. And the materials that you're using in those changed spaces need to be carefully curated and they need to be, you know, there, there needs to be a visible, transparent story behind them. And that's what we specialize in is making sure that we bring that transparency to the forefront and that we're very forthcoming um, with those stories and very honest about what our materials are, what are the trade-offs, um, what are the benefits of using them and, and what may be the drawbacks. And we just really like to give people a choice. When you're making a choice about healthy building materials, you know, you can come to Cure Green. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. 
That was Carrie Green. Hearing their insights on the impact of green building materials helps us acknowledge how important it is to keep our surroundings in mind. Now, we're going to elaborate more on a modern innovation known as green roofs. Green roofs are a type of green infrastructure that help bring life to its surroundings along with other special benefits. To learn more about this innovation, we reached out to Catherine Ayanka, one of the two co-founders of Living Roofs. Let's hear what she has to say. We founded the company back in 2008, and at that time, there was no one in the Southeast focused on green roofs, so we took a leap and started the company, and over those early years, we really developed a new way of designing and building green roofs. At that time, a lot of the green roof technology that was being adopted here in the Southeast were approaches that were um, being used in Europe and also in the Northeast and Pacific uh, Northwest, which um, do not do well down here in the Southeast where we have higher temperatures, longer periods of drought, and just unique climate. And so we took that challenge on and we learned sort of the hard way just by through trial and error and developed sort of a new way with, with other industry partners, a new way of designing and building green roofs that maximize um, the benefits of um, you know, reducing surface temperatures, um, uh, increasing biodiversity, reducing uh, stormwater runoff and the impacts to our neighboring waterways, as well as reintroducing, you know, this idea of how um, beneficial access to nature in um, atypical settings is, uh, particularly in our urban areas. So that's what's so great about green infrastructure in general. Um, for green roofs in particular, we like to categorize those benefits into environmental benefits, social benefits, and then the economic benefits. The big heavy hitters in terms of that are obviously reductions in stormwater runoff, and that's, e that's something that has been easily quantified and shared widely. So reducing the amount of water that's running off of buildings not only alleviates, you know, the burden on our stormwater system, but also reduces the amount of discharge then going into our neighboring water bodies. And in addition to that, it's not just reducing the volume, but it's also slowing down that water. So reducing the rate in which that water is released into our stormwater system and then our streams that receive it and so by spreading that out over a longer period of time at a lesser rate it's just easier to manage interesting another big one is that uh, roof temperatures so especially here in the southeast you're probably familiar with urban heat island effect green roofs are once they're installed are ambient temperature so they're the temperature of you know if you were at grade in a park, essentially, because the plants cool the roof, so you don't get those really big spikes, at least um, on that one roof, um, throughout the day. So um, a neighboring building may go through, you know, temperatures well into the 100 degrees during the day and then cool down at night, but still holding that temperature, whereas a green roof just stays at ambient temperature. So you can imagine that impact in terms of air conditioning for that one building but what we really like to think about is scaling that so thinking about that over the course of 
a block, a city block, or perhaps an entire downtown, the impact that that can have, not just on that one individual building, but the condition of the overall um, community that uh, these green roofs are in. And so that's something that everyone can benefit from. Another really significant one is biodiversity. The green roofs that we're designing and installing are incredibly biodiverse, and we have been really focused, too, on supporting not just a lot of different plant species, but also our native pollinator species. So I've been wanting to do this study on this one project that is just a sliver of a green roof in downtown Asheville, the really biodiverse plant mix, and then just looking, taking a like a half-mile radius around that green roof and seeing how much more biodiverse that that one little footprint is compared to just the surrounding urban landscape. So it's a really great opportunity to introduce a lot of different species and support a lot of different species in, you know, a small, small area. Very cool. And then in terms of air pollution, uh, we know that plants filter particulate matter out of the air. They also help with the sound attenuation and, and other things like that. In terms of the social benefits, we know that views to nature, access to nature, even in these like small and incidental interactions are really important for people's um, health and overall well-being, reductions in stress. And so again, thinking about urban areas where people may not have access to large expansive landscapes, how, you know, these sort of interactions on these smaller scales becomes really important. Very true. We see this in, you know, hospital healthcare settings where people aren't able to even leave the facility. We see these at universities and students and faculty and staff can have some connection with nature and not even really leave, um, you know, where, where they're working. That's really good. So what's something that benefits a consumer who decides to purchase a green roof? The cost associated with the roofing. So... Typically, a, a roof will have to be replaced every 20 to 25 years. That's just the cost of buildings. And um, But how that happens is a roof that is exposed to the sun, exposed to UV, um, heats up a lot during the day and then cools down at night. And so that, that constant fluctuation in temperature breaks down that material over time. UV breaks it down, and then also, too, it's exposed to um, things falling on it, which could potentially penetrate that membrane, but mostly has to do with the temperature um, impact. And so when you cover a roof with a green roof, um, the reason we say at minimum two to three times is because that's the data that we have. Looking at the oldest green roofs in Europe right now, which are over 50 years old, and pulling those green roofs back and seeing that the membrane is actually in really great condition because it's been protected. So that for an institution like a hospital or a university or um, hotels even that have a lot of roofs and they're going to own those roofs for a long time, that's a lot of cost savings. I agree. And finally, what is the best thing you see green roofs leave behind? The impact that we've seen in terms of people just having access to a place that has those restorative qualities of, of plants and gardens. So we think about healing gardens and healthcare um, facilities become really important. And the impact that that has beyond environmental and economic reasons, just for the social benefits of those and health benefits. 
that is something that's important to us. Yes, very important for everyone. That was living rooms. Fascinating information, right? Now we will move on to learn about Epic Rainbows. This company has decided to use upcycled water storage containers to help provide back to people and the environment. With their marketing director Brooke Dixon, let's hear of how their products have helped shape green living spaces through water conservation. Epic Rain Barrels is part of a company called the PNA Group. We currently own eight different companies. They're all different. There's not one of them that is like another. Our biggest customer is Whole Foods. We sell our rain barrels into Whole Foods, which is obviously a very large company. We are in predominantly their southwest region, which is Texas, Oklahoma, Louisiana, and Mississippi. We have sold into their southeast, which is like Florida, Georgia, Alabama, those states, and then also have sold at one point or another into kind of the mid-Atlantic, which is South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. Nice. What we went after was the Lawn and Garden Distributor Network. That has been a great fit for us because they're selling to all the mom and pops. We send the distributor one big truckload of barrels, and it's able for them, they disperse them throughout mm -hmm. their network. So there's that kind of thing. The next phase of things that we have gone into are municipalities. So being here in North Carolina, we are, have focused here the past year or so trying to find some North Carolina municipalities to keep it close. So we're already part of City of Wilson. City of Raleigh has a program. My goal is to have us into uh, 25 municipalities by the end of 2021 for North Carolina. Nice. It is a process to get into the municipalities. There are a lot of approval processes. There's a lot of logistical processes. But the municipality avenue is another big avenue that has a lot to offer. And from looking at it from a sustainability standpoint, it really truly does help from stormwater runoff. The emissions, you know, if your company is making these rubber type of barrels, well, we know what happens when you're making plastic items, right? You're putting more emissions and stuff out there to it. Very true. So it helps so much from those little things in a city. If you think, think of city of Wilson, for instance, there's a tiny little town in Eastern North Carolina and you start putting 55 gallon drums on every house, your stormwater runoff gets mm -hmm. drastically uh, changed. So it's a very green product just from the water conservation standpoint. But it's also a repurposed product. So there are mm -hmm. barrels used to be made and used for pickles, olives, or peppers. And we get them from Mount Olive Pickle here in North Carolina. So those barrels would typically go to a landfill when they were done with them because they can only use them once in the process mm -hmm. of the pickling. So we then take them and repurpose them and turn them into rain barrels. So you've got the water conservation standpoint. You have the repurpose, keeping it out of a landfill. And we also use hard to employ labor. So uh, we have partnered with a facility here in Greenville, North Carolina, and it is uh, it hires people with physical or mental handicaps. So it's it really truly has this full circle. We're giving the barrels a second chance, and we give people a second chance. And that's really kind of our tagline for Epic is giving the barrels and people second chances. So 
it's more than just a barrel. There's so much more that's involved with it. Um, and there's so much more that can be, you know, tied to it. How great. And what's something that generally stands out when using ram barrels? Anytime you can conserve rainwater, it's much better for your plants. If you've got a small little vegetable garden to be able to reuse that rainwater, it's much better than using tap water. It's just much cleaner. Uh, even coming off of your roof with shingles, it's still much cleaner than you using that tap water because it keeps the chlorines and all that type of stuff out of it that make it to where we can drink it. So that rainwater is just honestly much better. Mm -hmm. You know, look, prior to me working here, I would have never bought a rain barrel. And now I use it every day. Um, I water literally our plants almost every day using it, during, especially during the summer when it's, you know, 100 degrees here in, in East mm -hmm. North Carolina. is a cleaner and a sustainable system. Yes. And what makes these rain barrels stand out are its upbringings from recycled materials. I would say our edge is truly that giving the people second chances and the barrel second chance. So these barrels were previously made and they're previously used for something else. That, that's where we put our edge at. That is great. There is definitely nothing better than giving back to people and the environment. That was Epic Green Barrels. Through learning about these startups and additional companies around the globe, taking initiatives to create and reinvent new methods for sustainable building practices. As consumers, we're able to learn creative ways to better care for our planet. Through the works of startups like those featured today, we're able to move forward towards building healthier, cleaner, and more resilient communities. That was Brenda Palacios. We'd like to thank the companies profiled in this episode for their time and vision. Also, a special thanks to our summer intern students, Karina Patel, Ben Rappaport, and Nidhi Nair, who helped make these interviews possible. And thanks to the UNC Institute for the Environment. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And be sure to check out our show notes for links to the three companies profiled here and to more stories of innovation from our student interns. I'm Kirsten Williams from the IE Cleantech Program at the Institute for the Environment at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Thanks for joining us.